Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Square Circle Podcast. And if you love listening to this podcast and want to consider making your own podcast, just download the Anchor app. Anchor allows you to make any type of podcast you want all in one place, all for your convenience. You might think that this has some strings attached. It does not. So let me explain what Anchor can do for you. It is currently free. Well, it's probably always going to be free. There's creation tools within Anchor that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. How easy is that? And then Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard on Spotify Apple, and all major podcast programs. And you could also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It has everything you need in one place. Now all I need you guys to do is to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you guys. I am Marie Shadows, your host, and you are listening to the Square Circle Podcast, the best podcast you ever heard. The odd sensation of hearing your echo. Actually, it's not even an odd sensation anymore. I know we're live. Can you hear me? Or am I doing this wrong? Again. I mean, I can hear you. That's not cool. What do you mean it's not cool? That's what you wanted. Oh, no. I don't know what you said. I couldn't hear you. I was like, oh, no. We're going to have a another freaking mess up again. Hello? Hi. Oh, okay, cool. I don't know if you were okay. Uh, we are waiting for Gio because Gio's not here with us. I have no idea where he's at. Just so you know, I am using Restream to have us both on. YouTube and Twitch, because I want to try something out. Okay. Um, by the way, are you hearing uh, my fan or no? Uh, no, not that I know of. Okay, cool. Just wanted to double check. It's okay, okay. freaking it's freaking hot. <laughs> I don't understand housing sometimes. But uh, I guess we could go into the opening. Um, well, 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 I'll wait one minute, then we'll go into the opening, because we got some cool things to, um, to talk about before we get into the whole, like, wrestling stuff. Okay. 
Oh, look at that. So it's seven after I said that. Um, all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. You are listening to your host, Marie Shadows, and I am joined by Epic. Uh, Gia will probably be joining us uh, in a few when uh, he gets in, but we do have some cool stuff to talk about um, just in our opening. I have a new layout, which is kind of cool to show you guys the show notes because Lately, it's just been us talking, even though we've been on a good path, but I'd rather have it like there for you guys to look at also. Uh, so for the opening, uh, so we started our podcast earlier this month. Uh, the first one was on October 8th, and from then um, I signed up to Anchor.fm, which is a podcasting host a site if you want to call it that way um and uh I waited until we had like two episodes so I could like play around with it and able to get our stuff on other uh podcast outlets so we are currently on anchor.fm and we are currently on Spotify which makes me super happy because uh Talk is Jericho is also on Spotify and Jericho's band Fozzie is on Spotify so that's a very very cool thing for us to be along with a legend there too. So I was uh, happy that we got approved for that. So um, on my side, uh, I actually put a little browser there to show you that we are on anchor.fm and I hope that you guys can uh, see it. There is a scrolling bar on my side that tells you where we can be found and make sure to follow us to get any and all updates about when we go live and um, some cool adventures um, and stuff like that. I do know that uh, this weekend you guys will be getting a bonus video. Um, it will not be a podcast with the three of us, but it will be myself, um, our wrestling cousin, JD Alpha. We're going to be going to Jersey. We're going to be chronicling. We're going to be vlogging. And that is your special uh, bonus video there that will be uploaded over the weekend, hopefully Monday and right before next Tuesday when we talk about more wrestling and stuff like that. Um, the website, uh, Square Circle Podcast is still under Ravage Lance Production because Ravage Lance Production incorporates writing, wrestling, and gaming. Um, so the website is still being fixed up for you guys to venture onto there and either view the video and or listen to the audio. Uh, so that's being worked on and I want to make it to the best user-friendly to what I can. Um, and so far progress is good. Uh, is there anything else I have to mention in this awesome opening? Um, not at the moment, but, um, Epic, if you want to throw in some stuff for the opening, you can. Um, I, I think I'm okay for now. We'll, we'll work on that later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you can plug in whatever you want, dude. You're you're part of the team. You're part of the family. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Probably midway through. Maybe towards the end or something like that. All right. I, I really hope I... Um, <clears throat> well, I'm not, not really hope. I hope that Geo is, like, somewhere along and stuff. Um... Well, hold on. <clears throat> All right, so sorry about that. Um, so the first thing that I 
want to get into is the AEW dark matches. Uh, did you get the chance to like see them? Uh, I got a chance to see maybe a few of them. I, I might, I'll probably browse through it as we go along to kind of remember. Oh, right. uh, we're talking about, well, we're not definitely talking about episode three because that's actually premiering now. Yeah, it's premiering now, um, which we'll cover, we'll cover that either next week, um, and stuff like that, which I'm not, we're not going to do that right now. Um, but last week, uh, the first match was, uh, a triple threat. Um, and it was, uh, it was, um, Sunny Kiss versus, um, Kip Sabian and, uh, Peter Avalon, who is the male librarian. Um, I enjoyed that match. Um, I forgot how cool it is to watch, uh, Sunny Kiss in the, uh, in the ring, um, and how magical, uh, he is with all of his, um, like acrobatics and stuff like that. I didn't know that was going to do a feedback. Okay, never mind. Um, but overall, I thought the match was good. Um, Kip Sabian won that one, um, and I'm still not sold on who he is. So if you have any info um, about him, you could always add it to the podcast. Um, I would probably say, like, um, I think a lot right now is just, like, if you're not familiar with his work, like, you know, very, very good in terms of his, uh, his fly, uh, high-flying uh, technicality. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like, I, I think it's, like, you know, even for me, I'm not, like, I'm not exposed to him. It's not so much sold on who he is, but, like, I'm, I'm more, like, not exposed to him as often. So it's, like, okay, Sunny Kiss I got a little bit more exposure on because of his... Uh, um, appearance on Lucha Underground and then, you know, uh, Peter Avalon on being the elite for uh, the recruits of the librarian. Yeah. So having all this going forward, so it's just like, you know, th- this is more exposure for the public as, as opposed to uh, having everyone know who, who these people are. And like, so when they appear a lot more, then it'd be like, you know, okay, yeah, I saw this person. Like, I'm where their capabilities. So I think what's great about having AEW Dark at this point is, you know, having that exposure, having uh, your name, your brand out there amongst the public so they're familiar with you and who you are. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I like the way that they are going um, with AEW Dark uh, because I don't know if we mentioned it um, before um, in... Uh, one of the other podcasts, or I was probably talking about this with somebody, but the fact that um, WWE doesn't really show dark matches, the only way that you know that WWE ever did a dark match is by when someone records it off their phone. And that's like, that's that's really bad. I don't know why, you know, they didn't think of it first and AEW had to capitalize on that, which they're doing very, very, very well. Hey, I have no idea who popped into the chat. Oh, Vortex. Hey, Vortex. And Vortex is hosting me on Twitch. Yay. It's all good. I know. At least you popped into the right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have both the tabs open for YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that. Um, So the other match that I thoroughly enjoyed and loved was um joey janela versus kenny omega in a like lights out unsanctioned street fight match 
Oh my god. On that. that from start to finish, like I understood the story and it was a story of very simply that, you know, Kenny didn't want to take any losses or whatnot because he was still upset about losing to Pac and then he has Moxley to uh deal with and he wants to prove to Moxley that he could still be hardcore just like him and it's not just he's not just a myth in whatever he does. So the story yeah. was there. And him and Janela Janela both fighting, both make each other look like a million bucks. And I love that. Um, I was yelling at the screen as if I would yell at my cousin for doing stupid moves. Um, and, you know, eventually might end up getting hurt. But throughout the whole entire match, it felt special. It felt like um, a very high-priced match that should be on a, on a pay-per-view, but it wasn't. And it was just really good overall. Yeah, it was very, very high octane, and uh, a lot. I, I read a lot of comments in regards to the match too, where it's just like you know, people are just saying like, "This is why Kenny Omega is known as the belt machine," and uh, what he brings to the table in terms of like uh, performance. And to, to an extent, I can uh, to, I can agree on that because like he he steps in the ring with anybody, and that like that that match turns into money. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, it, it was a really good match. And, like, he, he did a solid, uh, no, not just for himself, but for, uh, for Janela, too, for uh, for putting him over um, as well as he did in that match. And, again, like, it, it goes into, like, you know, Kenny Omega. And he teased it uh, way back when in the um, uh, being the elite. Uh, yeah. You know, tossing that, uh, you know, that psychology book around and stuff like that when people want to know the secret to his matches. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like you know student of the games or like you you know like he knows his stuff and like that like you know you can't really underestimate the guy he knows what he's doing doesn't matter who he's uh, in the ring with um like you know again that don't really matter but uh like he, he's there to you know make you be like well invested into the match yeah um so i'm currently talking to to geo at the moment i'm telling him that like it's the same thing what we did last week um into that little group thing um to add on to that um because i found it interesting that when i forgot i forgot who interviewed uh brit baker um but brit baker revealed that kenny omega is working with the aew women's division to make it better and i thought that was uh fantastic um and you know the the women overall like um, sometimes in general, when you watch women matches, some of them are afraid to like go full force like the men. And sometimes they slow down and like there's weird spots and awkward, uh, timing issues. But yeah. so far, um, I think whenever AEW puts on like a women's match, it's there. You could feel the magic. Um, and then you could see some of the mess ups, but it's not as much as like anything else you ever saw. You know, um, I think their women's division is, is really good. And we just got to wait for the women division to blossom even more because every other woman on that roster has to finish up their prior engagements to other companies. Um, but overall, I think that we're going to get a very solid women's division. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really great division. The fact that, like, again, it's just like um, they, they have a lot of good coaches and a lot of great um performers, trainers, and everything in between to help in that regard. Um, they have a very, very sound roster. Uh, and 
what I could try to compare it to right now, like right now it's only a comparison up until they decide what they want to do with it is like because like with every other promotion pushing a women's division, so we, we can see that like you know it kind of works to an extent and it kind of doesn't. Like the only two promotions that are able to push women uh to a pedestal to make it like you know amazing are obviously WWE mm-hmm. and Impact Wrestling right now. But like you had other promotions, say like you know Ring of Honor, um, Defiance slash uh, One Culture Pro, uh-huh. and all that other stuff. They they're trying to push like a, a women's roster, but it hasn't been as successful. Um, say as like you know the North American counterparts, and it's been a tough sell. Um, mainly because like you know, um, lack of. I say lack of trying to be well. It's my personal opinion, anyway. Um, you know, like let's just say Ring of Honor, for example. Like why their uh, Women of Honor wrestling division is kind of garbage is yeah. like you know they they don't know what to do with with the roster. They're they're sitting on a amount of talent, and uh, with like you know with their agreement, I don't know if they still have an agreement or not with um, as per uh, Stardom. Mm-hmm. Like you know they they have like they they tried in the beginning it was amazing like they had um you know some of uh stardom's um top talent like oedo tai uh mayu iwatani yeah um only a only like a few of them not all of them uh be able to showcase of a bit of a talent and show what like you know what you know japanese women's pro wrestling is all about at the same time, though, like, I feel like, you know, immediately, like, unintentionally, like, it eclipses the homegrown talent, um, which is probably why I would say, like, you know, unless they're looking for a big draw, it's very hard for them to find a draw within their women's division without, like, you know, because what you would find, like, you know, on their main programming is they never push the women's wrestling at all. You always find it uploaded onto YouTube. That's true. At some point in time. And it's just like if you actually incorporate it into your TV tapings, you have them one match, one yeah. match per episode, and I think like you know, like it'll be a tough sell, like mm-hmm. because it feels like maybe it might be forced upon. But like you're gonna have to push something like this along the line, and it will for people to say, yeah, you know what, like you know, I didn't know that they have women's wrestling. I might be invested in this. The more and more I watch into this, but like you know, we won't know unless they, you know, they cross that bridge. Um, that's a very, very, very great point. Um, which, you know, we should probably talk about Ring of Honor for like a tiny bit because I keep forgetting about them. Like, I was so big on Ring of Honor when they had Gabe, um, being the head writer and all that. And they had some really good years. And now it's just sort of like floating in between all this wrestling, uh, uh, revolution, I guess we want to call it. I don't know. But, um, but I totally agree with that. Like, if anything, I don't think it's co- I don't think it's cheating or copying off of AEW if they just show one women's match every single week on a TV taping for Ring of Honor because then that shows that they're going to be invested in their women and um, that's what's sort of lacking, um, you know, for Ring of Honor for me that like it's not enough. Um, it's just guys that I don't really watch because everyone either got taken up by wwe or they went to japan or aew got them and stuff like that but in order to be invested they should probably have one women's match every week 
to showcase that, you know, we care too. We're trying to find something that, you know, fits us and stuff like that. Uh, just so that Ring of Honor could still be relevant. Because, you know, in the beginning, we thought Ring of Honor would be the answer to, like, taking down WWE at that point, you know, in that year. But we're not there. Um, I do kind of miss Ring of Honor, though. I miss watching it. I miss having the uh, subscription uh, that I no longer have with the, like, Ring of Honor, like, streaming network. Um, did you ever have it? I, I never have, no. Like, it again, like, even for me, it was really, really hard to... Um like, you know, really be invested into a product. Like, there were times, like, uh, like actually, um, I'll go to their shows when they come out to Toronto. Like, that's how excited that would be. But, like, mm. you know, again, like, you know, uh, for me at that time period, uh, as great as the Ring of Honor talent was, like, you know, for me, I was more invested into seeing the New Japan talent that were coming into uh, the fold. Which, by the way, I guess we could just go, go into uh, New Japan very quickly. Did you get the chance to either see or read about their press conference. Yes. So if you guys have not, and I I know Marie Shadows is very, very excited about this, is that uh, New Japan is actually looking to open. Oh, actually, they they have already put pen to ink, but it's more so of uh, kind of figuring it out when is um, they're bringing New Japan to America. So that's officially a thing. I'll make I'll make sure to cue in the um the claps there. And the reason why it's so exciting in like today's wrestling is because I love watching like New Japan and that was thanks to Kenny and the Bullet Club and all of that uh fun goodness that introduced me to New Japan. And so, you know, I like um Okada and Tanahashi and I thought Tanahashi would be great in WWE and I wrote a script about that and WWE never took it. So it's still mine, um, which I'm always going to put that over. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, there's other guys there that I love watching because they have talent. They have the passion and the drive uh, for anything, especially Ibushi. Um, I am wearing a Golden Lovers t-shirt. Um, but the cool thing was that, um, you know, now they get to expand their market. They get to expand their audience. Um, and I think every time they're going to hit a city, it's going to be uh, like the roof is going to be blown off because uh, people don't really tend to watch Japanese wrestling. Then you have fans that are like, oh, that's not for me. And then you're like, hey, you better watch this because it's something different. something new. It's exciting. Um, I do remember that New Japan did come to New York City not too long ago. And the only reason why I wasn't there is because I was attending something else. And I think it was the same time that my cousin had a freaking wrestling match. And I found out that same day New, J- New Japan was here. And I was like, damn it. If I knew, I probably would have had to made the hardest decision to whether to go to his match to record his his match or um, go visit New Japan for the first time. You know, um, yeah. I, I was not able to get those tickets when Ring of Honor and New Japan did the crossover for Madison Square Garden. Uh, that's only because Madison Square Garden kept the info from my boo, and that was about it. Uh, but that would have been the first time, too. But super excited uh, about that. And for those watching, just make sure to leave a comment about, you know, if you're excited to have New Japan finally come to the States, maybe uh, Epic, if we want to entertain this, maybe the partnership with AEW can happen. Um, from what I remember... Um... That is still uh, 
very uh, sensitive territory for a for not AEW for New Japan because back at the time of forming uh, AEW, um, as you remember, they uh, New Japan had a lot of I guess plans for um, some of the talent that went to AEW for their main roster in New Japan. Uh huh. And uh, what had happened was because of the launch and everything and the exclusiveness uh, with their um, with their contract details is that it really took a lot of momentum away from New Japan and what they wanted to do with those guys. And they're really, really salty about that. So that relationship right now as we speak is still, I guess, in that salty level. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, you know, as, as much as we want it to happen, it's just um, right now they're working relationship may take uh, a little bit of work but uh hopefully for what it's worth later on in the future that you know it does work out it gets a whole lot better and we get to see the quality of matches that you know the world would want to see but there's a reason why like you know new japan is refusing to work with AEW at the moment is because of like you know uh i believe that they had a plan for uh trent beretta to have him pushed in the heavyweight division uh okay and because um because he was supposed to be slated to i believe in new japan's eyes to win the uh uh the u.s heavyweight championship oh okay Uh, so because like now that that plans are up and out of the window Mm -hmm. um they're just like okay well you know we're gonna i guess you know go still continue with like you know Juice Robinson slash maybe invest into another new face and, you know, maybe, you know, cue John Moxley sort of thing. But, yeah. You know, the fact that, like, you know, it took a while for, uh, you know, Kenny Omega to make his decision because not many people knew what he was going to do. Yeah. Whether or not that, you know, that this was going to affect the decision because, like, you know, um, I think around maybe before the time that AEW were into talks, there there's like a lot of talk, people just expecting like you know Kenny Omega to sign with WWE. Crap, did you hear that? Oh no, hello. Wait, crap, what the hell happened? We got technical difficulties. I have no idea. Um, I have no idea what happened. Hold on. Uh. Not cool. I have no idea what the fuck happened. What? Do, how do I do this? Uh, wait, just like it's hard to tell who in the company has that say right now because, like, now that Bushi Road is now acquired stardom, hey, epic. So, my laptop did some technical difficulties. So, like, that part after you were saying, um, Kenny, uh, you know, got disrespected and all that, I don't know if they heard it on my side. Okay, sorry, man. Um, but it seems that Gio is with us now. I guess that's what caused it. Oh. <laughs> Gio, say something if you're with us. I think that's what fucking caused it. 
All right, go ahead, Epic. Go ahead and explain. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, uh, you know, Kenny, again, leaving uh, for greener pastures after his term was up with uh, New Japan because, like, everyone knew he was leaving, um, you know, towards the end of, like, you know, his uh, match uh, with Tanahashi. Yeah. That was a freaking emotional match. Much of an emotional match. Like, a lot of people invested into the idea of, like, you know, Kenny being the uh, the new torchbearer, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. So, I mean, like, you know, he... As much as I like the guy, because, like, you know, again, like, maybe, like, you know, Canadian guys stick together, whatever, but, I mean... Um, <laughs> from, a, from a booking standpoint, from, like, you know, I, I guess, like, you know, uh, a fan standpoint, um, it, it was really, really bad on Omega's uh, reign. You know, as invested as people felt into his build towards that point. Yeah. Uh, to me personally, like, it felt very, very lackluster as compared to, let's just say, like, you know, his, the previous holder, Okada. You mm. know, just, um, yeah. The, the, the same type of momentum wasn't there as it was, like, let's just say, when he had that momentum going for him uh, before winning the G1, I believe. Yeah, he won. He won the G one. He should have yeah, won so, the G one. I mean, yeah, like there, there should have been a like <coughs> that should have been the point then. And by a booking standard, I can understand, you know, them saying like, you know, maybe it might be a bit too soon. Maybe he needs to kind of prove himself a little bit more. And um, perhaps that's what they did. Yeah. But like I felt like it was too long, and by then it was like already like okay, well, like it, it's already one and done. Like now it's like if Kenny Omega then at that time thought you know maybe I should probably look into greener pastures, and it's just like okay, you're gonna slap a belt on the, now a transitional champion. Yeah, pretty uh, much in your business, and I felt uh, I felt a little bit cheated with it. Because, like, his uh, title defenses could have been a whole lot better. Like, I understand with some of the matches he did with some of the guys was pretty good. Like, you know, he helped put, a, like, you know, a few of the other guys over who didn't get heavyweight championship opportunities. Uh-huh. Um, but, again, like, I felt like, you know, the, the quality of the matches he could have had with some of the talent then could have been really good. Uh, it's just a shame we never really got to see it because, like, you know, of the place and time and where like you know he he was going with it yeah that's uh totally fine um so let's put a pause on uh new japan i think we covered everything for that we will get back to uh kenny omega in a little bit uh geo you could join us man i want to give a little time for geo to say something because he just he just typed in the in the discord and i'm just like you know geo because I do want to get into um, AE Dynamite, AEW Dynamite. My God. Uh, all right. Um, Take us into it. All right. Uh, Gio, just jump in whenever you want. So you could totally interrupt us. It's totally fine. Um, so, okay. The opening for AEW was, go- was going to be the um, for the tag team tournament. Um, basically, it was going to be SCU. Which by the 
which by the way, our podcast is SCP, uh, which I love doing that. Anyway, um, so it was SCU versus, uh, damn it, who, who were they fighting? Uh, Jurassic Express. No, because Jurassic Express was supposed to be fighting the Lucha Bros, and I want to get into that. That's later. No, uh, was it not? They're supposed to be against, uh... Oh, wait, it was, um... Wasn't it that tag team of, uh, Best Friends? It was Best Friends. Best Friends versus SCU. Because Best Friends is no longer in the tag team tournament. And I just watched this yesterday. Okay. Right, right, right. It was uh, versus Best Friends, yeah. Okay. Uh, Best Friends is cool. They obviously been tagging a while, and they have some pretty cool tag moves. Um, I, uh, I guess it was kind of cool that uh, Christopher Daniels decided to let um, you know get Scorpio Sky. yeah let Scorpio Sky get in with uh, Frankie Kazarian and whatnot. I thought that was pretty cool on his part, um, just because you know. Maybe this could be the chance that Scorpio Sky shows the world who he is because I still don't know who he is. I just know he's part of SCU and he's huge friends with everybody else and he does have great athletic ability and he's pretty funny. If you ever saw him on like being the elite and like all those little skits and everything, like he's totally great with that. Um, overall, the match was okay. Um, I have nothing else to add towards it unless you do epic. Um, I felt like, you know, again, for type of uh the caliber of match that you know uh these type of men had especially with trent beretta uh with his athletic capabilities uh you know chucky e. t with his stuff um orange cassidy yeah um uh, but yeah that that whole entire segment was a huge uh, focal point for um uh for scorpio sky like you know him getting the spotlight getting the nod from uh christopher daniels to uh, take the spot in the matchup because he's not yeah, uh, by the Lucha Brothers. So, uh, again, like you know, much like Marie said, it was just like you know, uh, not I guess not many of the general public will say, like, you know, you know, yeah, we like Scorpio Sky, but it's more like you know, who's Scorpio Sky? Yeah, um, I would really love to know how he got his ring name, I would love to know that. Um We'll, we'll save that for another day. Yeah, I know. Um, I can't. I can't answer. You can't answer it. And maybe if I cut this piece out and I like, just tweet it to him, he'll probably answer me. But that'd be great. I just want to know how he got it. Um, what was? Do you have the card up? Um. So I have the card up. Um. So we had. Uh, we had Santana and Ortiz versus. Uh, some jobbers yeah um those guys wow um i don't know they kind of look familiar as if like they were they had been on wwe as jobbers and now they're on aw as jobbers or they've probably been with aw for a while and i don't know i have no idea but i just want to comment on john silver's name i bet he gets a lot of um jokes because of john silver like the fish restaurant that you know you see in commercials so i was just like I was just like, couldn't you just pick a better name? But that's, you know, that's just me. Um, they were, they were good as a tag team. Um, and 
uh, crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, dude. Whatever else you want to add to it. <laughs> um, it, it was basically a squash match to get people, um, you know, in, in, into the fact that, like, you know, that uh, what Jericho mentioned about um, the guys uh, last week as introduction, you know, introduced them as a bunch of psychopaths. Yeah. Essentially. So, like, you know, they, they got a chance to, like, you know, show, like, you know, that mad dog grit and mentality in terms of their uh, ring style. So it, it was pretty good to see that and to have that a little bit highlighted. Mm-hmm. Um, great way to use, like, you know, a set of jobbers for that uh, sole purpose. So as opposed to squashing talent. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely that. Because uh, the whole internet would have probably blown up if um, Ortiz and Santana would have, um, like, uh, defeated some well-known tag team and, you know, they would have, like, totally exploded. The, the Twitter world. Yeah, Twitter world would have exploded. You know, it's amazing the thing is, but like, you, know, you can also save these type of matches um, for pay-per-views or for the show itself, like once the tag team tournament is over or during the tag team tournament. It's just, yeah. like, you know, just keep the, uh, you know, just, just keep that hype alive in the tag team division. Just definitely, like, definitely. You know, even though they lost, now mm-hmm. they can keep themselves in the hunt. Yeah, because you know, with a win like this, like you know, they they can still show that they're a credible threat. Um, I also want to mention too that right after the match, when they were going up the ramp and they were um on top of the ramp, uh, in comes a video of Chris Jericho, uh, basically throwing out the challenge and the issue to the Young Bucks that you know his tag team Ortiz and Santana wants to face the Young Bucks and beat them down pretty badly, and I think that's a really great approach to how to handle stuff rather than um Ortiz and Santana uh basically issuing it themselves. I like the fact that Jericho's taking control of that to be like, oh these are my guys and I want them book in specific type of matches against specific type of people in AEW that has wronged him because I think Jericho has yet to get his thank you from the whole entire AEW crew. Yeah. So I feel like uh you know, with that sort of thing uh, mentioned, yeah. It, it's good that, like, you know, Jericho has the reins on his faction where mm-hmm. he plays them out there, like, you know, if there's anything that needs to be highlighted, anything that can be said, mm-hmm. that, like, you know, it, it'd be through him. Yeah. As opposed to his guys just acting out. Which I think it makes it kind of... I don't know if, if his faction makes it different um, than any other faction that we ever saw in professional wrestling that does that. Um, unless you could think of one that did. Um, in terms of like holding the reins as tight as Jericho is doing, I think like you know well, when we thought about like you know uh the Nexus when they first appeared or like the core anything under Barrett's control, mm. but part of it part of it was Barrett, but most of it was uh creative. Like I yeah, like Barrett had a lot more. As a, as a say to what he wanted to do with that, that could have been a whole lot better. Like, you know, the impact was there. Um, like, you know, the mic skills were there like, yeah. for him just being the mouthpiece of the group. Because, like, you know, there's absolutely no way you can get PJ Black to say anything remotely threatening on a mic. Same with Heath Slater. Yeah. Um, like, I'm pretty sure these, like, you know, with uh, Jericho's guys, like, you know, I'm pretty sure with, obviously, Jake Hager could cut a mean promo. Yeah. Um, Ortiz and Santana could cut a mean promo, but 
you cannot sell me on Sammy Guevara. <laughs> like, you cannot sell me that this guy is a credible threat as a heel on the mic. Like, this guy is a baby. Who's <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, you, you can throw him as a heel and, like, you know, you could probably try to shove it as far down my throat as possible, but that thing's coming right back out. Um, so I'm going to have to agree with you on that. I will not try to entertain the fact that he could probably be a good heel on the mic. He still needs some work, but through and through, he looks like a complete baby face uh, trying to be arrogant. But for some reason, when he's arrogant, it kind of works only because I kind of grew up around you know, people like that in my environment. So, like, I can say, yeah, it works. Plus, anyway, I'm a fan of his uh, his vlogs and stuff like that and how he does uh, his stuff. But through and through, this guy is a huge baby face. Um, but he's trying something different. And I will give him credit for that. Um, it's just that he's going to have to learn from Jericho on how to work his character in order to make you believe that he's an actual heel. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's where Jericho comes in. It's just like, you know, like when uh, Jericho humored the fact that, like, um, it's like, you know, these guys are my confidants. Like, you know, uh, like, you know, when, when these guys, uh, you know, when uh, when I found them, like, these were the type of guys I wanted to, like, you know, I wanted to be around with, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just like, uh, you could have put somebody <laughs> other than Sammy Guevara, please. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he could have. Um, do you have any suggestions of what who Jericho could have picked? Um, hold on. Let, let me go back to the roster real quick. <laughs> I feel like I have to read down the roster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. Um, I mean, Sammy is at the right place at the right time for his career. You know. Um, I mean, being there in the beginning, yes. That, yeah. That does do wonders for him. Like, um, I felt like Pac would have been an easy pick. Yeah, but um, Pac is like a dangerous guy, man. Pac is a dangerous guy, but I can't see him being a lackey at the same time. So yeah, like that they didn't go with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like if Paige, if oh. they built on a Paige heel turn. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. You know how amazing that would have been at that point in time for everyone to trust Paige and Paige yeah. 180. Um that that would have sold me, like, you know, after the match with Jericho and stuff like yeah. that. Like, you know, you know, they could have built on something where it's just like, you know, me and Paige, like, you know, we took ourselves to hell and back for this championship. Yeah, definitely. Like, I've never seen so much like, you know, it, it's passion determined in one guy. Like, you know, that's one thing we had in common. And like, you know. If, if they had really, really built on the respect aspect and the fact that, like, you know, you know, if, if Paige wanted to go somewhere else, yeah, like, do it under the elite, yeah, sort of uh, banner, like that would have been a great sell and story point for me. Where it's just like, holy crap, that, like, you know, I, I could have would expect it, but it's just more of a matter of like, you know, when, when were we expecting, it? yeah. And that that would have been a great point to go about it. Um, I kind of want to like push your push your idea further if I can. So like, cause um, you know that that got me like super excited. I was like, we how come we didn't think about it? Like Paige could have like did a, t- a heel turn or whatever. But you're right. Um, ever since losing to Jericho, he's been on like this downward kind of spiral. Uh, his wrestling has not like declined at all. It was just like, you know, his character and his thinking and stuff like that. And if you've ever watched like, you know, being the elite, um, it has been like alluded that like, you know, um, 
apparently, I think in one episode, the Young Bucks, you know, basically was disappointed in Paige, and they were like, hey, where, where were you uh, when they had, like, that three-man tag team thing going on? And then um, just recently, yeah, there we go, yeah. Um, and then just recently in this uh, Being the Elite episode this past Monday, um, uh, Kenny was talking with uh, Paige, but like, you know, uh, Kenny was like, we got the win, you know, uh, we, we got the win over the guys, which we're going to go over that match in a little bit. But, um, you know, it was just the whole standoffish that Paige was giving towards Kenny in that episode where it was just like, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, whatever, you know, you won, blah, 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 and then he left. So that would have been that would have been great. It's adding fire to the fuel and all that kind of stuff. Um, and just to make a quick mention too for everyone that's listening out there, if you have not watched Being the Elite, and this is not a paid sponsored thing, it's just my personal thing because I love Being the Elite. Um, these guys are making characters grow and stories grow within being the elite episodes that translates towards the AEW Dynamite um, episodes that we see every Wednesday and every Tuesday in AEW Dark. So I highly suggest you guys go check it out and give them a subscribe. And this is not a paid endorsement at all. It's just that I love their products. Um, what's the what's the next uh, match on there? Uh, the next match after that, uh, after the squash match, was uh, Lucha Brothers versus Jurassic Express. Oh my god, do you want to take this first before I go off on this? I'm going to go off on it in a good way. Um, basically, I'll just go over the uh, the clip notes. So basically, uh, Luchasaurus, who was stated to be in the match, did suffer an injury, uh, did have to pull himself out of the match, which was very, very unfortunate, but... It gave a lot of exposure to the other boys in the match. So, uh, Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt, which was really good. All right. So, I know that the Twitter world kind of broke. And it was all freaking negative against Marco Stunt. Ladies and gentlemen, professional wrestling is definitely not for everyone. And it's um, if it's not what you like, then, you know, you don't have to continue to watch it. But I do know that if you keep watching Marco Stunt on AEW programming, you're eventually going to like it. That whole entire match from start to finish had an excellent story. Uh, after the match, uh, Marco Stunt became... Even, I think, before or after he became Babysaurus, which, like, it's totally cool for the whole entire Jurassic Express, like, character development. Um, sometimes you have to realize that gimmicks are not really dead 100%, and these are, like, fantastic gimmicks. Um, the Lucha Bros made Marco Stunt look like a million bucks in that ring, and yeah, while he does look like a man-child, according to Jim Cornette, he put on one hell of a show. Like, I believe that uh, someone of that size, if you throw them, like a lawn dart, and the other guy catches him and does a DDT, I believe that's gonna work. Physics, guys. I never took a physics this class but physics um yeah right just physics like come on we discovered gravity um but um it made marco stunt look like a million bucks and i hated all the negative comments that i saw on there and um that's not 
cool. Anybody could be a wrestler despite their size. He worked really hard for it. You know, don't just bring him down because he doesn't look like the type of wrestler that should be in there. Um, and yeah, he sort of does remind you of Rey Mysterio when Rey Mysterio first started, like before he got the muscles, before everything else. So it works with that comparison. Jungle Boy is great. Uh, like all of his speed and all of his moves were so fluid and it just translated well from one move to another to another to another and i couldn't believe what i was watching it was a special type of match and i love that um you know they actually had to showcase these two because of luchasaurus's unfortunate uh hamstring uh injury that he had um but i do have to say that um when they were at the um when they were taking their break that it was a kind of a little weird because, you know, the Lucha Bros are beating on Marco's stunt so bad, but then that's to build up the fact that he's such a resilient guy that he's not going to lay down for anybody despite his size. And he's going to be the ultimate underdog and he has a bright future. And I'm happy that, you know, now we have our Luchasaurus, our Jungle Boy, and our Babysaurus. I loved it. That's I don't care. Came, yeah. yeah. I do not care what anyone says out there negative wise. Like, I love this team, and I want a freaking t-shirt. <laughs> I really do. I was like, I am sold. I want a t-shirt and all that. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, pretty much. That's what I had to say about it. Um, I also did not like Jim Cornette's take, but, you know, that's the first time I ever listened to Jim Cornette's podcast uh, for that. Um, I have nothing bad against the guy. It's just, it's... You know, we're just uh, old school, Mark. He's so old school, man. One hundred percent, so old school. I just can't. I just can't get behind him. Open to concept, but the thing is, like, you know, I, I, I get uh, where he's coming at. A lot of gimmicks, a lot of concepts. I would probably say a good, um, jeez, what's a good percentage to work with? Uh, eighty percent. Because sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Yeah. A lot of times they don't. Like, and I get it whatever but what, what are we gonna do about it but these guys are just take uh basically took a gimmick and they ran with it and the thing is, is like you know it's a lot of commitment to stay with the um to stay with the gimmick like, it is everyone can stay true to the gimmick so the fact that like you know these guys like you know are running a ragtag um trio you know just like uh for whatever gimmick that they're given for any given reason like you know they they made it work whereas like you know everyone else sees this like you know i can't believe that they're making this a thing why not make it a thing and why not believe into it like you know um if they're gonna make it like you know their thing then like you know you owe it up to like you know to yourself to get invested into seeing where this thing draws out definitely man i totally agree with that um Gio, did you finally press the, like, voice connect on the thing? <laughs> I saw it. Like, you had it. Th now I can hear you. Yeah, you might have to raise your volume up a little bit more. Test, test. Yeah, your, your volume is still low, dude. Do you want to add anything about the Jurassic Express versus Lucha Bros? Because that thing got me winded. It was a good match. The, uh... 
Maria, I think you could Was raise this volume on your control panel on Discord. I could? Yeah. You're going to have uh, to, like, walk me through that, because I don't know what I don't know how to do that. Give me a sec. I'm trying to... Oh, I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah. And... All right, go ahead, Gino. Say something. Hello? I did not know we could do this. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> I love how you casually say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, go ahead, Gio. Say something. Still low. Maybe if I raise it to 200. Could be you. Luckily, this is live. There's no resets. Well, he's still low, but I'm just saying. I'm saying that this. Luckily, this is live. All right. Oh, go ahead, dude. All right. I can't hear him at all. Yeah, he was he was going in and out. I don't know what's up. Um, I have his user volume all the way up, but I have nothing else like here pressed. Is he using the same laptop that he was on last time? I have no idea, dude. Oh. Oh, that's why. You're using oh, you the, phone? the phone? Yes. Shouldn't it still be okay? It should still be okay. Um, are you set or like a speakerphone or? Headset, headset. Headset? Okay. Oh. Uh, I guess you could try again for what, wherever you left off at. Yeah, I have no idea what's happening. Um, it might be a faulty headset. It could be that, um, and I don't want to be rude. Uh, well, I'm, we're, well, I'm trying to uh, identify the issue for him just so we could, you know, help identify the issue so we could hear him. Yeah. Like, in you know, a worst-case scenario, he takes out the headset and then... And Speaker, right? To his ear. Yeah. Once. Gio, you could try that by taking the headset out and then like using it as like a loudspeaker type-ish thing. A conference call. Yeah. And now he put himself on mute. I think he's trying to figure it out, maybe. I have no idea what to do. I would uh, insert something here, but... <laughs> well, I mean, I wish I could help him out with that, for sure. I know. I'm trying to identify the issue. You know what? Me and him should... Oh, he just disconnected himself. Um, me and him should probably do a run test and see what happens on like a day that's not like podcast-oriented. Just to see. Yeah, yeah I should probably so do that with him. With yeah. Um, Alright, either way, we're going to continue. Sorry for all the technical difficulties. Um, Gio, we're going to continue to go on. Um, if you happen to 
if it works out the way that we're probably thinking that it should work out, just jump in, interrupt me or Epic, and we'll see what happens. It's totally fine to interrupt. Um, <clears throat> so after the awesome tag match, uh, we're skipping the women's match. Right? Are we skipping the women's match? Well, no, we're not we're not skipping it. That was more of a question. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. Um so it was Rio versus Britt Baker, and um I had made a joke saying that um, you know, I it's I don't think it's a joke because I really wanted to happen. I really want Britt Baker to be my dentist, uh, because I trust her because she's a wrestler. Um, but I don't know when we were, would be able to go down to Florida just to, um, go visit her practice. Um, it was a good match overall between her and Rio and, um, they only messed up once. Um, it was a little awkward exchange. They didn't know. I think so. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, I think a very obvious, uh, miscommunication. Yeah. That definitely was, um, oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so let me just, uh, yeah, I can hear you. Are you not using your headset? No, I'm actually am. I just had to turn into the, uh, normal voice talk. Ah. So uh, oh, he's not using press to talk anymore. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I still gotta learn Discord. Um, but yeah, back to the match. <laughs> uh, back to the match quickly. Um, I was not expecting Rio to come out on top only because uh, Britt was hitting her with a lot of uh, like hard pressing moves, if you want to call it that. Um, but, you know, because of uh, Rio's size, I could understand why the finish happened the way that it did. Because I could see her in future matches getting the surprise win just because of her size and her speed and like her outthinking her opponent. But I, that's something I don't want them to abuse a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, you know, I, I don't want her to be the underdog for too long. Like, she's your champion now. Like, okay, how are you going to book this champion according to? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it, if you're going to give her the forever underdog push, you know, like, it undermines the championship, I feel. Like, like, you know, and who you're trying to boost as the face of your division. Uh, Gio? Yeah, I would like that too, but uh, that's why we have the uh, AEW Dark for now. So I don't mind um, whatever doesn't get showed on national television. At least, um, what what are they up to? Like 500,000 subscribers can watch the other matches on YouTube. So it still gets some type of recognition. Um, but eventually, I think that they will bring it up to two women's matches. Yeah. Right now they're trying to establish uh the big guy uh storylines and stuff like that, so that's what they're doing. Um speaking of uh like you know top guys, big guy storylines, um it is the tag match of uh 
Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus Pac and uh, Moxley, um, which overall felt really nice. Um, Moxley does turn on uh, Pac, um, you know, halfway through, and uh, basically Adam Page ends up getting the uh, the win um, for the team, and uh, it was nice. It's Pac. It's Pac. We'll go with Pac. Um, evil Pac, whatever you want to call him. It was good to see those two try to work together, but you knew that at some point they may not be getting along. And then I had made a joke. I was like, well, these two will have an eventual match, and then they, they advertise it for next week. I was like, look at them. Hmm, which is nice. I like how quick they are with like making matches that people want to see that you know it will go over well. Epic, you want to add anything to that tag match? I thought the tag match was really, really good. It, uh, it helped kind of resolve a few issues, but it, uh, go into more of the storyline between all four men. Mm-hmm. With uh, Omega having something with both Moxley and Pac, and as opposed to Adam Page having this unresolved issue with Pac. So it's good that they're still exploring the thing. Now it opens up a new... Uh, a new path of sorts within that, that four-way now having Pac uh, versus uh, Moxley due to how Moxley runs you know him being I guess like you know let's just say a lunatic fringe uh, sort of persona and just kind of acting out like regardless if you're on his team or on the opposite side of the ring as him like you know, it, like, you know he's not to be trusted yeah uh, which is totally true um, so the main event of AEW Dynamite on, uh, 1016 was, uh, the AEW champion Chris Jericho defending his title against Darby Allen. Wow. Uh, first of all, we should, um, all congratulate, uh, Chris Jericho for reaching 29 years in the business. October 2nd marked, uh, his 29th year which is impressive. And then JR said that Darby Allen is only 22 years old. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the hell? This dude is 22 years old. Like I, oh my God, I was, it was bothered. What happened? Like the dude's still a baby. Yeah, he is. Um, I just wanted to mention that Jericho made Darby Allen look like a million bucks in this match. Um, you know, Jericho is the best at what he does and to have Darby Allen in there who is really good at his craft and very um, fast and everything. It felt really good. Um, I was kind of laughing that, um, you know, when Jericho took out the duct tape and duct tape his hands, uh, Darby's hands behind his back, um, JR said, have you ever seen this before in pro wrestling? You know, something like that. And I was just there like John Cena did it. Uh, he duct taped, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly what I thought of. And if I was on commentary, I would have said it. I would have been like, John Cena did it, you know. 
Um, but it just proved that Darby wasn't going to go down without a fight. Um, and that he's a major contender in AEW. And I do like the fact that AEW got Darby early because apparently he's only been four years in a business. I don't know if that's entirely true, but I had said last time on the podcast that I had saw Darby Allen fight Chris Hero at one of the Evolve shows, and he was really good then. If Darby Allen would have probably stayed in the Indies, I don't think he would be uh, sort of known. Like, he'll still try to find himself and work a uh, hundred and like 20 times harder than like how, how he works now. So I think AEW getting him this early is kind of good for his exposure because at the same time, it's going to be like, Oh, who is he really? And you don't really want this guy to fade away. Cause you know, he's something special. Um, and here's the thing that, um, that we really used in the, the fighting game community in terms to what you're saying. I feel like, you know, it's great to be that guy, but you don't want to be that, that prospect. Uh, that name for too long because like you know you're someone to watch show for yet at the same time like you know now it puts eyes on you to say okay um now you're you're a talent people are praising you for your things uh-huh. now what are you going to do with this with this praise that you're getting are you going to become better or are you going to still sit at that that level of where you, you started you know what i mean yeah, I do. Uh, uh, crap. Oh, um, so, Jerry, you want to add anything to that? I almost thought he was going to win. Are you talking? Yeah, um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of knew he wasn't. Yeah, um, I do want to talk about that ending, though. I did not, um, I didn't, even though it was a street fight, and street fights don't have DQs, because you don't want to be WWE with that, um, especially in the main event. Yes. What? The call-outs on the spots in that match were... Uh, a little ridiculous, you know, the the rope breaks and everything, because, like, you know, Jericho was just looking like, he was just like, oh, bitch, what you doing? Oh. <laughs> oh I, I See, I wasn't even going there. I didn't realize that um there were, well, yeah, there were rope breaks. Like, Darby, like, got to the rope several times. I was just going to talk about Jake Hager coming in and, like, you know, knocking the kid out, and then bam, one, two, three, Jericho retains the title, and there's a celebration in the ring. Um, With the bubbly. Yeah, uh, I was I was talking about that, you know? Um, that made it felt like it was kind of weak. I don't know. I think I wanted sort of like a quote-unquote clean ending for this. I don't know. Uh, I think I know what you wanted with that clean ending, and I definitely agree. Like, yeah, Jericho is a credible champion. He is a credible guy. Like, they, they should have gave him that believable win. Definitely. And it's just like, okay, now you just like you know made Jericho seem like he's struggling against younger talent. If if that's the angle that they're going for, great. Like, sell me on it a little bit more with with the other guys on the roster. But like, you know, if you're gonna do the one and done, especially with like you know a guy like Darby Allen, then it's just like you know what else are you going to try to sell me on, like, to make it 
as believable at that point. Yeah, that's true too. Cause it just felt off. It felt rushed because I guess they had like uh all their main events is usually, you know, this match is scheduled for one fall with T V time remaining. So it must it could have been that, which I think they're gonna they, uh, put television. What happened? I think like maybe they might have been on time constraint for uh with T V. Yeah, which I think in the future they might have to tighten that up a bit because I don't want an ending to feel rushed or cheated especially for a championship match yeah because mm-hmm. um, then you know Twitter is going to break out into WCW 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 and it's going to be like stop yeah, it it's getting a lot of that already yeah which I think yeah um, uh, so uh, I think that covers AEW and I want to move into WWE because there's Two different things I want to talk about, uh, which includes, well, first, do you guys have overall comments about WWE? We'll start with that. Overall comments? Yeah, like, you know, if you guys did watch either Raw, SmackDown, or NXT, if you want to give some shining light to anything that stood out that you want to talk about, because I honestly have not been watching the product. I've only been seeing stuff on twitter um so yeah if you guys want to do that because there are like two other specific stuff i want to talk about um i to be honest i haven't really been watching the product i like been trying to but it's really really been hard to uh kind of sit through it uh to see what kind of like you know thing they're gonna try to get me invested into uh-huh. uh for, for the week and uh for what it is right now, it's just like, you know, it, you know, right now they got the, uh, the last guy's Lesnar th- angle. That oh my gosh. Push. Uh, yeah. Like, there's a whole bunch of things that they're trying to do. Um, hold on. What, what was that, Gio? Yeah, yeah. yeah, dude. Um, totally agree with that. Um, come on, OBS, don't mess up on me now. All right, cool. Um, so yeah, they. I agree that they didn't really like earn it, earn it. Um, but all right. So let me just get into the specific things that I want to talk about. So while I was scrolling through my Twitter uh timeline, there's obviously one fan that always like you know does play by play stuff. So apparently after Raw. There was a dark match to give the crowd, and it was Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt in another freaking cage match. Why does this keep happening? Why? (laughs) I don't get it. They have the red filter. They have these guys fighting. It still ends with Seth Rollins holding the belt. There's nothing different, Um, and I don't think that's a way to get people invested in something that you killed. Um... Do you guys want to dissect this? Like, do you guys have any theories as to why WWE keeps fucking doing this shit? Either they want to piss off a lot of fans, or uh, they want to test the waters to see if they probably, how far they can go with the theme. But I don't think they should have done a championship match, much less a cage match. But isn't the theme on SmackDown? 
accept his own blood. Yeah, but they're uh, they're settling the feud. So I feel like what they're doing with Crown Jewel is that, like, you know, even with the the rosters being drafted, I think that they're going to settle whatever that they um, settle the, the feuds, current feuds right now. And then they're probably going to dissolve after this. I hope anyway, but uh, I feel like, you know, having this separate roster BS is like, you know, still absolutely enough. Um, you know, you still have guys jumping back and forth between the rosters and like, um, like, they're just proving that this draft thing, it, like, it means absolutely nothing right now. It's just like, you, you're spending a lot of time uh, investing a lot of things to say, okay, well, we're going to have this draft, this uh, brand draft. You're splitting up the rosters again, and you're still having these guys continuously jump back and forth between rosters. And if it does end after Crown Jewel, I'd be pleasantly surprised. I hope that it does. And I hope that, like, you know, that they do because now where you're going with the fiend is just like yeah i wouldn't like, know where to go doing, they're doing wide dirty because mm -hmm. i feel like we're gonna get another bs ending like i i am guaranteeing it right now i will i will i will put a bowl of spicy ramen soup oh my god no this thing no <laughs> if i am wrong Oh my god. I will, I, will, I will eat a bowl of volcano spicy ramen soup. Again? Um, that's if I'm wrong. Okay. Now, this, this is a very high possibility because like you, now you have another championship match with the, with the Fiend and it's like, you know, no rules, no holds barred. Like, you know, absolutely anything goes. Yeah. Now... And Hopefully. Because, you know... No, you're gonna two ways you're gonna bury you're gonna bury somebody mm -hmm. hey. thank you so much for being like um <laughs> sorry i had to get that out there it's cool um, it's cool but i mean you're gonna bury somebody in that match someone like you know this this is basically like you know the the texas showdown one bolt to the finish someone's yeah. gotta go mm -hmm. like and yet, no, it's not going to be Rollins. For some god-awful reason, you know it's not going to be Rollins. Because, again, Wyatt doesn't need a championship to get himself over. He He's proven that. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're going to try to convince me that Wyatt, like, you know, should have another title reign, why? Yeah. Like, he, he's proven on his own that he's been able to get himself over. And he doesn't need a title to do it. Uh, yeah, that is totally true. Um, I really do hope that um, at Crown Jewel that um, it will probably all end. I still don't like uh, WWE doing this whole dark match type of thing where Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt, you're not going to get anything out of it. Nothing new is really going to happen. It's going to be the same old formula. And, you know, they wonder why people get upset at WWE, you know. Anyway, there is also another thing that I want to talk about specifically, and that is... I have no idea how recent this is, but like Twitter blew up over it because someone had taken a recording of a fan asking about like who Seth wanted to face like at WrestleMania. And Seth's, Seth Rollins' reply was that um, when Kenny Omega is done in the minor leagues, he could come to WWE, the best and top, you know, pro wrestling uh, company there is in the world. 
Um, and that got people like, you know, upset on both sides. And I understand that Rollins is trying to do his heel turn. It's not working, even though he's getting booed out the building. Like, I don't understand why Seth does not understand how being a heel works. Like, I don't know. I thought, give me one second, guys. Okay. Um, All right, so sorry about that. Um, but yeah, um, you guys can hear me? Yep. All right, cool. So, um, you know, I know that... All right, I'm going to put it out there. Seth Rollins has no personality. He does not. Um, and I think that plays a factor into how he wants to go about his character. And I think the whole mantra of burn it down is really getting boring and dry. And for him to say you know, when Kenny's done in the minor leagues, um, it's sort of like, bro, AEW is beating you guys as a whole, as a whole company. Um, it's kind of a little weird. He should have went about it a different way to try to entice the fans. Like, oh my God, this could actually work at WrestleMania. Let's try to get this done. But you guys can take over from there. But that's what I want to talk about. person that I have my eye on, and this is a long shot, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre versus The Fiend, or Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins? Oh, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. I felt like that should have been a thing established first before they did anything with The Fiend, to be honest. I yeah. Like, you know, McIntyre deserves a run. Which, which, by the way, um... If this past Monday, because, you know, Ric Flair was on Raw, um, he announced that Drew McIntyre is going to be the fifth member on his team for Crown Jewel when Ric Flair's team and Hogan's team face off each other. So maybe, maybe, if anybody wants to, like, listen out there, especially WWE creative, um, please have Drew McIntyre do something with Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt or Crown Jewel, just something. Because Drew McIntyre needs, like, his run. I hate when guys we we love, um, you know, had a horrible run in WWE and then leave and come back and get promised a lot of things, but, like, they don't deliver on it. I really hate that. Yeah, I feel like they did dirty, um, you know, with McIntyre. They, they brought him back, and he was, like, back in NXT, he was looking like a million dollars. Yeah, man. And then they brought him out to the main roster, still keeping the million dollar feel to him. But like they just evidently just dropped the ball with them, tagged him up with people, and it was just like, here we go. The uh, it's I, I wish I can call it the mid card vortex, but it it's not. It, like it's absolutely worse. It's, it's like the creative vortex for this guy. Like I, I feel absolutely sorry for him right now. 
I really do too. And I really think that WWE no longer has a mid card. I think WWE just has tough guys and jobbers and nothing in between. Mm. That That's a whole mood. I know it is. I know. <laughs> I'm, dude, like, I bet you people are going to realize that I love talking about AW, NWA a lot more than I like talking about WWE. Um, and it's just that WWE is not giving me anything to work on to, like, talk about it. I don't want to keep talking about uh, Lana Rousseff and um, Lashley. and Lashley every single week on this podcast. I really don't. We should not be there at this time and, and day. Like, these people should be wrestling. Lana should be managing. Like, you know, she's sexy as hell. Let her be her manager self. Why have to go with, like, another dude who's married when all of them are married? Um, why do we have to keep bringing in boxers and like other MMA fighters that just get a hefty check to be there? And that's it. You know, like they didn't go through the training and the quote unquote myth of paying your dues and whatnot. And then bam, they're in there, get a title shot and do all this kind of stuff. Like don't stray away from what wrestling used to mean, you know? And that's why I think we gravitate towards AEW. Yeah. We call we say AEW is like the alternative, and yes, it is, but they still believe in what wrestling means. And it's kind of sad that when you have a behemoth like WWE losing their way and they're trying to scramble to try to catch up. And it's like, you guys have been resting for way too long, and you guys don't know uh, how hungry you know you guys used to be. But now that since it's competition, everything is not falling like how it should be. AEW is taking the reins and ratings, beating, you know, NXT as a whole. And it's like, I don't get it, you know? Like, I fucking love wrestling. And I'm rambling. Well, I, 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 I definitely get where you're going with this. Sounds like WWE is the only thing to watch. And it's like, okay, well, if you didn't like it, what are you going to watch? Impact? Oh my God, <laughs> Impact! Let's not get me started on that. <laughs> and, well, those, those were your alternatives. I know, time. yeah. Um, it was like absolutely nothing, and like, like Impact already dug themselves into a hole. Yeah, you know, the type of reputation that they've been getting, but ever since Anthem bought them out, and ever since Corgan, I would say no, since Corgan took the reins before Anthem bought them out, mm-hmm. like, was doing amazing. Like they were, they're, you know, they were finally turning characters around. They were finally you know getting the bearings going on creative but at that point it was just like okay well is it already too late at this point to try to resuscitate a dead entity yeah you're taking a company that like people like you know murdered like you know Mm -hmm. cement blocks on your feet like you know like two thousand leagues under the sea like how how much do you want to go about like you know trying to like you know resuscitate a company? I admit they they're about maybe like you know you know head above ground now. Mm-hmm. I think that's where they are, just head above ground. Like yeah. I, I don't think they've made waves into regards to recovering the type of identity that they wanted to have. Yep, that's totally true. Um, but now we, we have a lot more options. So like, you know, if you don't like WWE, if you don't like impact, uh, let's just say like, you know, you, you're, you're bored with ring of honor. Now you have like, you know, AEW, now you have NWA. Oh. Um, 
you know there, there's a lot more options to go with now it, it's amazing it, like like you know there's major league wrestling now yeah it, it's like you know there's many sayings to this on the internet but it all comes to like you know what a time to be a wrestling fan right now definitely like you know where it's just like you know if you're a fan of having all these options like you were in the past like you're gonna enjoy what it what it is to have on the market right now because you have like you know so much talent just like everywhere doing a lot of things like you know you could uh pick one of these things and resonate with it like you know like alpha rust for example oh man nwa product yeah because like you know he's such a like you know an old school mark he is you know uh like you know let's just say for you for example like aew because like you know you love the elite you love the guys like you know it's the person uh personalities the ability everything that drew into that like you know for me i'm a new japan pro guy because like you know they you know they brought back a style of wrestling that like you know i thought i would never get a chance to see bringing into like you know a whole bunch of talent that like you know i you know never been exposed to and which was amazing and like you know it, it may be invested into that product now there's just so many options right out there right now and like you know there is something for everybody it's just like you know you just need to spend time uh uh let me cut in um Gio, which one are you since I'm like AEW, Epic is N W uh New Japan and Alpha Russ is uh N W A. Oh man, I never had <laughs> Well, cause I can't really talk for you, I wouldn't know. I mean, they just I just want them to get better. But I have been tuning in to AEW first and then watching NXT. All right, so he is our he's our wrestling pal. <laughs> I don't know. He's the he's the he's the uh, the neutral. He's the neutral one. Um, I think like you know like I don't think we're trying to spark wars. Like it's more like you know having like a a, a preference of sorts. Um, I do want to mention that uh Gia, when you signed up to uh do this podcast with us, you were already in a war, so it's totally okay. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um No, I'm just saying that, like, I mean, we signed up for this. We're all in this together talking about wrestling because that's what our passion is. And this is why we um, did this podcast in the first place is because we all have passions. We all have ideas and theories of how the wrestling business could probably improve and what we don't like, what we like and everything in between. Um, That wraps it up for me. Uh, Does anyone else on our panel want to add anything? Uh, I think I'm okay on my end. What'd you say, Gio? Gio? Oh, I was gonna say, um, I'm hoping that if the fiend does not succeed, which I really kind of hope he does, and they just transfer. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, man. Oh, 
doesn't succeed, hopefully Drew McIntyre. I would like to see the tag team division both for the women and men survive. I just want to see. Hello. Now you cut out. Yeah. Gee, you cut out, buddy. Hello. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. Okay. I'm enjoying AEW. I want WWE to get the person to roll. Mm-hmm. You know, they just have a lot. But I'm not, I'm not really big on Crown Jewel. Give me Survivor Series. Which is coming up soon in November. So we'll be able to see that. We'll talk about that too. Um. All right, cool. So... I am happy, uh, you know, this podcast was amazing. Uh, we went through all the topics. We even added topics of Ring of Honor and New Japan. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you are currently watching this live or you will be listening to it on Anchor, Spotify, and YouTube when I put it up, uh, just make sure to follow us on various social medias. If you're watching us on YouTube, please make sure to hit that follow and subscribe button that would definitely help us out we are at 10 subscribers we hit a goal and i am super excited that we did because our next goal is to try to reach 20 um subscribers and uh for you subscribing to the square circle podcast you will be on a wondrous wrestling adventure with us whether it be live during our podcast or whenever I myself go with JD Alfred to his wrestling matches and could do these vlogs with him and add it up as extra content. Uh, like in the opening, I have mentioned that um, this weekend we are going to Jersey. Um, JD Alfred will be uh, in a singles match against his rival, uh, Akira. Um, and we're going to be vlogging, taking videos, and that will be your bonus content. And if you like bonus content, if you want to be a participant, if you just want to be a fan, just make sure to follow us on YouTube. I'm currently streaming this on Twitch just to see how this works. If you are on Twitch, give us a follow on Twitch. Make sure to follow our Twitter channels at Marie underscore shadows. Epic, plug in yours. Uh, you, um, if you guys want to follow me, some god awful reason. Um, <laughs> Epic. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at I am underscore Epic. Um, you can find me doing live streaming um, anytime Friday on my D Live channel at dlive.tv slash Epicism. And uh, if you also were down for merch, visit my shop <laughs> at teespring.com slash stores slash Epicism. Because we got everything for the fall season. So check it out. And Geo, plug in your stuff. Geo? Can you hear me? Yeah, just plug in your stuff. Okay. Follow me on Twitter is RealSilentG. That's all I got. All right. Um, so this was wonderful. Um, I can't wait to see everyone on the next podcast. And just so you know, you have been listening to the Square Circle podcast hosted by Marie Shadows, joined by Epic and Geo. And this is the best podcast you guys ever heard. Have a wonderful night. See you guys. Have a night.
And that's a wrap, guys, for episode three of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I was joined by Epic and Geo despite all technical difficulties. You are listening to episode three on Anchor. We are also on Spotify and other major podcast outlets. We thank you guys for tuning in every week to hear our thoughts on professional wrestling, including AEW, NWA, New Japan, WWE, and all other wrestling outlets out there. If you guys enjoy this, make sure to follow us on all social medias. We'll see you guys next time on the 